Mr. Langlois is my father's name. I'm I... Chad Cool. Uh... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Who? Chad Cool, I believe. <laughs> you sound like a bad RPG character that becomes a villain later. I'll never be a villain. I have two pure a heart. That's okay. me, Chad Cool, Mr. Wait. Pure Heart. No, wait. Mr. Pure Heart is my uncle. I'm Chad <laughs> Cool. Wait It's your weekly gaming podcast where, you know, you come for all your latest Overwatch news, um, and also we confirm the fact that you should be playing Overwatch instead of different video games. Or, you know, sometimes we surprise you. Um, but this week and every week, I am your best friend, Joe. I'm Terrence. I'm Ray. And um, to start this, this little shindig off, we are going to delve into what we've been up to in Overwatch. I know that I've been playing a lot of competitive with you boys, mm-hmm. um, which is a newer thing for me, and having a lot of fun there. Well, Joe, if we're talking about what we've been up to in the past week, I've been playing a lot of competitive with you guys. <laughs> but besides that, I've been um, you know, really trying to hone in on ways I could get better. And thanks to last week's challenge, I've seen plenty of room for improvement, which always, you know, sets the bar a little higher and immediately makes me play much more effectively. So when you guys mentioned before that watching the the perfs play in the competition the uh, what? makes you better. <laughs> Perf, you them the you perfs. know, because they're professionals. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I really had no players, idea. But, uh, yeah, the professionals. Thank you. Um, you you get to pick up on a lot of cool things. Like the map becomes so much more usable to me. I guess they always tend to go places that I did not know they could go with certain characters. For example, I mean, using May to get Arisa up on that cliff at the Temple of Anubis defense never would have even quite like kind of thought about it. And, you know, not only that, but they do it with so many different other characters. And at the same time, just showing me how mobile I need to be. I remember watching, um, I know this is kind of a stretch, but I remember watching um, professionals play StarCraft and looking at their uh, actions per second or like, yeah, like how, how often they are literally clicking things. It's unbelievable. And when I knew that... Then I suddenly just started moving faster and registering everything a little bit quicker, knowing that the standard was much higher than what I was at. And that kind of is what happened at Overwatch, like how quickly they can uh, focus on their targets and not have that like 0.4 or 0.3 second of delay of trying to figure out what to do next that I usually have. Throwing that out of the uh, equation made me much more active and people can feel my presence a lot more so that was that was really cool mm-hmm. um 
That's cool, Terrence. I'm glad that the owl has affected you in mm-hmm. a positive mm-hmm. way instead of scaring you away. Uh, I've been playing a lot of competitive, I think. I know that might come as a surprise to some of you, especially <laughs> Joe and Terrence, my, my two co-hosts, but I've been playing a lot of competitive. You? Competitive? Uh, Me, co-host? <laughs> and Me, Chad, cool. So, yes. Chad, you don't belong in this space. This is a safe space. Oh, uh, chill out, man. Oh no. And I've oh, been focusing a lot more on communication and doing shot callouts, since I'm one of the supports on the team and I have a better sense of what's going on on the battlefield. And I think it's been helping. What what do you guys think? I think I've been proved. Oh my Chad? god. Chad? You can is get my better seat. as long as you put your heart into it. Oh no. Why is Chad okay. here? Chad. I you, asked him. Okay, Joe, what in Literally terms, what summon think? the devil. Because I literally have, you know, my, my, um, my, oh, what's it called? <clears throat> we'll wait. Oh no. <laughs> no, we're. We're in it now. <laughs> this is a flashback to episode one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't think of the word help me. I have uh, no idea what the fuck yeah. you're trying to say. Me neither. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. oh, oh, I got it. I got it. Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's early. Sorry is the word. Uh, early is the word. I have my own insecurities about how I communicate effectively with the team, so I don't know if it's actually effective, but I'm being more active. I feel as though insecurity is your biggest weakness, in fact, um, in, in, in the game. And, in the and world. I think that's, that's true for myself as well. At least, like, I, I know we played a game on uh, Volskaya, and we had gone back and forth, and we were fairly evenly matched, but it really felt like we were going to win. And we got back to attacking, and all we had to do, we had to cap point A and then get one tick on point B. And we didn't know what to do. Like, we didn't know what comp to run, and we should have just stuck with Old Reliable, but we decided to try Triple Tank with Moira, and we made this... needed to switch and we made that switch too late we didn't um Mm -hmm. we had lost steam i think um yeah but yeah overall i think we are getting a lot better at communicating to one another and keeping pertinent information in the voice channels and um Mm -hmm. yeah i also feel like in that game like you said we lost steam and I, i i remember reflecting back on that one and thinking man i really didn't say much or do a lot of shot call outs in that game and that might have been a big factor in why, because we were all just kind of scrambling about trying to figure out what to do, and no one was making any big decisions. It's just, what if we do this? What if we do this? Let's try this. And then we just kind of fell apart. Well, I mean, if there was a time that that was going to happen, like, that would have been the time. I mean, we are that that was like our first heavy six-person. We're, we're, like, having a great time and killing it sesh that i i can remember having mm-hmm. and you know we were gonna have one of those games that is gonna make oh, us yeah. think i i highly doubt that that'll happen again in, in that fashion you know where we are yeah going to leave it up to everybody's just trying to get those ticks on the point like mm-hmm. i i had like of course in hindsight i had tons of ideas you know but uh, right 
may, and next time we'll just like be able to communicate it. Yeah, every time um, I've started a quick play match and it's like, you have 60 seconds to prepare your attack. I'm like, God damn it, what the fuck? Just let the game start. Ugh, this is so annoying. This is so boring. <laughs> and then as soon as I get that comp, I'm like, man, 60 seconds sure isn't a lot of time, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I remember playing a game on defense. This one was on defense, Gibraltar. Yes. And we were having some issues with our well, comp defender. It starts, Not... with, it starts with we attacked on Gibraltar, and mm-hmm. we did pretty poorly. We didn't mm-hmm. even make it to the first point. Like, we got we got through the, the dip in the ground and just around that corner right before the first point, and that's, where, that's as far as we got the payload. Um, and then we switched to defense, and what happened, Ray? We we utterly defended. <laughs> yes, we utterly did. defended. <laughs> yes, we we, did. we started with a rough roll with a, a few choices that weren't the best. They were good ideas. They were good options. Like we had Symmetra. I don't uh, think any of our choices were bad. I I, I think yeah, that we won because of the choices we made and the, we we knew when to switch. So we started yeah. with Symmetra and Mercy to to have the Tally and the Res. And who was it? Who who were our DPS characters? I was Reaper, and uh, Alex was Far Soldier. Oh, Far, Far, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, and then our callout was when we get under the bridge. Um, like if they if they get it around that first corner, um, we're not going to need Symmetra anymore. We're going to want to have a Junkrat, and um, I don't remember the other switches that got made. But once May. they got that far, we couldn't protect the teleporter really anymore. Um, and, you know, it was a shorter walk for us and a longer walk for them, so we didn't need Symmetra as much as we needed another healer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, and so we picked We up didn't May. get another healer. Oh, we, we got we May. We got May, right. Which right. was the right choice, because she managed to split their team and stop them from making advances long because enough for us JVZ to Because JVZ is probably the best May player I've ever seen, like, I, like that I've ever played with. And it's scary. It's scary when she brings May out because it's it's always like, wait, who, like, not to say that that JVZ is not skilled. She she is. She's definitely at our level. But then she brings out May, and she's like two levels higher. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No. That that Gibraltar game uh, was was very was very important to our morale. <laughs> that one. Yeah. That one's that felt really my good. Hearts. That it showed us that, that we good. know how to get out of tricky scenarios. And that will only continue to grow and ascend into right. the We didn't lose our cool. <laughs> Chad Cool here. Oh, you didn't lose me. You can May. never lose me. I'll be with Ray, you forever. That, that's your fault, right? That's your fault. I was talking about May, but I knew I was taking a risk. <laughs> hey, chill out. It's okay. Why do you sound like Jaden and Sonic had and a child? Sonic, yeah, no, it's, that's the point, right? <laughs> I'm I'm you, the character, no offense, the but I imagine you have blonde hair. Cool. Oh. Jaden from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Let me make that clear for our listeners. <laughs> no, I have brown hair, but there are highlights in it. Oh, got me. You sure did. You sure did. <laughs> My father's competitive... <laughs> working on a prototype for a new skateboard that only has three wheels on it, and it's okay. So, cool. so I have a question for you guys. <laughs> Thank um, you. Now that we are, um, you know, a little bit further into our podcast, I mean, what is this? This is episode fifteen. Fifteen. Yes. Fifteen. So, um, 
just uh, as a question for me personally, for the for us to give to the listener, why don't we talk about um, our our roles in our competitive teams and and where that and how and what what that used to mean to you and what it means now. So we'll start off with you, Ray. I'm the support man. I'm one of the support men and women. Uh, I usually play Zenyatta or Mercy, mostly Zenyatta, depending on the game. And I put orbs on people. And I tell everybody what to do. That is my job. And that was not my job when we first started. It was just, I need to be the support. I need to keep everybody alive. But now it's acting like a team leader, per se, since I have the most visuals on the map. And it's scary, and it's fun, but when it works, it, it, it just feels good. I've reached transcendence when it works. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point of Zenyatta. Not really. Is there um, anything that you, uh, like, is there anything that you wish you got more out of the support role? Uh, not really. I think I'm doing okay at where we are with my my role of support doesn't just mean healing so a lot of what zenyatta can do is also add damage to enemies and i think i've been pretty good at picking the right targets for everybody to focus with he does add a lot of damage how much does his orbs do you know body shots do you guys know Uh, oh um i think it's 24 if i'm not mistaken or 26 and and then with the orb of discord it's 40 mm-hmm. he shoots those out really quickly too and i feel like with him he's really easy to hit people with his his projectiles make the most sense to me i think that's weird they like yeah mm-hmm. yeah he can put out a surprising amount of damage very quickly yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry the damage on the orbs is 46. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a little hard. Okay. Though, because he can get some solid kills. Like, mm-hmm. I've, you take, can charge I've taken shot. out Winston's of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can charge shot squishies with just two, three orbs if you get a headshot on them. Mm. Plus they're projectiles, so there's no damage drop-off. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is pretty important. They feel so impactful. Like, when you hear mm-hmm. them hit, you're like, yeah, but that stung a little, didn't it? What about you, Joe? What's your your role? Um, I play tank. When I like that, always to me meant I the objective was my top priority or not top priority, but like I I, was my my responsibility over everyone else's. So moving the payload or capturing the point, whatever. And then it also means protecting the support players, denying damage, yada yada. Um, but then I got into a really nasty habit because I started picking up D.Va, um, and I played her a lot in quick play, and I was, like, focusing on training my aim and, um, you know, Wendy used micro-missiles and stuff, and I got really good at, like, chasing down supports and snipers and just diving them and, and deleting them. And um, that was really helpful, and that won me a lot of games in quick play. Problem is that in competitive, people are a little bit more well-organized, and um, I'm not always able to get out. I used to be a lot more reckless with her. Um, Like, oh, well, the mech is, you know, I'll just get another mech, or or maybe I'll die, but I'll just, you know. But the, the amount 
of, um, you know, I used to think it was like this really cool, you get more value out of the character as D.Va. You can die and you can still play. But the thing is, it's really kind of more of a crutch. It's like, if you get demeched, you got to get back in that mech as soon as possible because until then, you are you are uh, hampering your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've gotten a little bit better at playing a little bit closer back toward the team. Um, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, I've gotten better at using her defense matrix at the right time and, and uh, blocking yeah. okay. Moira orbs and fire strikes and... Um, because the thing with D.Va is that she can, she can block infinite damage as long as her, the Matrix is available. Um, so just, and I, I guess I'm talking more about D.Va than the role, but, um, that's because that's who I play the most. And, uh, and I feel like D.Va is a very good prime example for why you need to have an, another tank. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, because right, she exactly. is because so she crazy is really essential. good at going yeah. up and, and deleting squishies, and if you're not doing that then, you know, you're not getting everything out of the character, but if you leave your team behind with no barriers, no defense matrix, your your, your supports are going to get killed. Right. And, you know, the Terrence made me think, Zenyatta's the same way. You need another healer because his utility doesn't come from his healing because his healing's slow and over time. It's mm-hmm. from the, the damage orbs that he puts on to Plus his ultimate is pretty choice. Mm-hmm. Plus his ultimate. The other thing with D.Va and tanks in general that I've started doing a little bit more is, like, checking to make sure both of my supports have their ultimates, and if they don't, I'll, like, I'll communicate this, but I'll go and maybe soak up a little bit of damage so that they can heal me and charge their ultimates, Mm -hmm. because Valkyrie, right now, and probably will be even after the nerfs, is probably the most powerful ultimate of the game, um, Transcendence is I also very it. important. <laughs> All the support ults are very important um, to winning team fights. Yeah, sound barrier. Uh, what is that? Um, the teleporter, the the shield generator. Yeah, they're all really mm-hmm. good. Coalescence. Yeah. Oh my gosh, coalescence! How did I forget about that? That <laughs> the command mail wave. Incredible. <laughs> what about so, you, yeah. Terrence? What what do you do in the competitive scene for us? I am the the, the niche DPS guy. I, I bring the thunder in an awkward way. Um, <laughs> I use, uh, basically, uh, when we are uh, need a little shake-up in our team, I'm, I'm, normally the D, I'm normally DPS, but I'm normally the DPS to shake it up. As in, you know, using the ones that might require a little bit of a different approach as opposed to bomb their shields as much as possible. Um, So Genji, Doomfist, stuff like that. I used to think that DPS role meant kill everyone, which, I mean, to an extent, I I, I like the DPS role because I do, I am allowed to kill everyone. But at the same time, you know, there's a strong sense of priority when it comes to who I'm supposed to be killing. And I think that's the biggest change that I've uh, experienced while playing this Mm -hmm. game. I used to believe that everybody who got close enough to me is the person that I'm supposed to kill, which is not even close to the truth. When, when they, when they give you the little hint of do not focus Winston and let Mm -hmm. him distract you from other things, they really mean that if you're focusing Winston, you're going, even if you kill him, you will take way too long to kill him. So 
like time is so important. When I mentioned earlier those uh, 0.3 seconds, 0.4 seconds of like thinking, those are he- like those are really long intervals of like, what should I be doing type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, as a DPS, you know, it's it's very important for me to be on my game and be able to switch up who I'm focusing on, as opposed to constantly trying to get a kill, which is helpful but not always the most helpful. And I think the the main change that I've had about this game is what is the most helpful, which is when you were talking about being diva like it would like if we're if we're defending a point and uh you know we there's a widowmaker up there like yeah you we want you to focus her. But if there's no widowmaker there like I want you you know I would love to have a tank on the point with me me being able to say, hey, this person's targeting me, and then the tank instantly start targeting that person to, like, make them not be able mm-hmm. to kill me while I'm, like, killing the Mercy or trying to protect my supports by killing the people who are tracking them down, you know, really taking out the people who deal the most damage. And, like, mm-hmm. that comes with, you know, growth and communication, but it's, it's pretty obvious to see uh, in the game, maybe not so much all the time, but a lot more than it used to be who that who I should be killing and when I kill the person that I'm supposed to it makes such a difference it's unbelievable like if I can kill their healer or if I can kill that reaper that's really causing us issues like suddenly a waste taken off our shoulders and then we can start taking out people then I suddenly die and I'm like okay well I did my job and then mercy heals me and she would not have been able to heal me if I didn't take out reaper you know right so like okay. all all things just fold into each other really well and it's really important on this game and on really any team to be as greased of a gear as you can possibly be like doing your job perfectly is, is what you need to be trying to do <laughs> like right not it, yeah. you and shouldn't I think be a big trying part to... of that and i'm glad i'm really glad you asked this question terrence because i think a big part of doing your job right is knowing what your job is and that's mm-hmm. something that we've all been kind of figuring out the more we play and the more that mm-hmm. we watch out and uh, I'm Chad Cool, and I Chad, no. stop. I mostly speaking just, of like, owl. I only play Hanzo because <laughs> <laughs> play Hanzo when we have a Widowmaker and an Ana on our team. Why do you play? Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm not gonna engage Chad here. Never mind. I was gonna ask him a, them. The a problem question. is now I have to include that Chad Cool bit in the opening because otherwise this is gonna be a hell of a ride. Yeah, oh, for sure. Speaking oh, but I, I, I did oh, want to mention ahead. one more thing. I was going to say that, um, well, this is awkward. The doing your role thing and... Knowing what our job is. Knowing, yeah. Yeah, that, that has... that. Anytime I don't have a clear idea of what my job is, I fail. So not only is that for me to let you guys, our listeners, know that you should probably think about that, but also for my team who might not know this, but if I do not know what my job is, then I fail. Which, like right. tank, if I feel I like you have play more of a... That's not enough. Yeah, and right. and I and I can do that a lot better than I can do play Roadhog because right. I have no idea what his job is. But when he's on the enemy team, it is so scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, tanks are those people who like each one of them. Like none of them can do the other one's job. Every yeah. every single tank yep. has his own job. And when I'm told to pick up a tank, I really don't, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's one thing I can practice on to, like, be able to switch in case, like, we need, you know, a different person to try out DPS for a little bit. But Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, that's just an important thing to keep in mind, especially for you, Ray. If I, uh, you know, you want to practice on um, having exactly like or or more specific definitions of what you want each player to be doing on the team as a character, that could be really helpful as well. Right. Yeah, I've noticed that we we've gotten to the point where we're getting comfortable with our picks. And now it's figuring out what to do with those picks effectively. And I think sometimes, like you say, people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, then this is just a quick side story. I remember one of our first competitive games, we had a lot of trouble with an Arisa Reinhardt Bastion combo on Route 66 attack. And we decided we needed a Junkrat. And we got the Junkrat, but we didn't say what Junkrat needed to do. And to me, it was obvious what Junkrat needed to do. But I don't think our Junkrat knew mm-hmm. that they had to focus down the barriers. And, you know, that because I've been playing it longer than uh, a lot of our, our our competitive team, it made sense, but that wasn't clearly communicated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would have been very helpful. Well, I also think that a big part of helping us know what we need to do has been watching the Overwatch League. Um and boy howdy have i had some fun with us um who risk gut check who who are all of your favorite teams i, I don't know uh, give me the top three or just give me your, your favorite team whatever. gladiators outlaws valiant in that order in that order okay terrence i like the gladiators mainly because their color scheme and the things that you told me about them i really like uh Fusion, I think. Ooh, yeah. I think they're pretty okay. That's good. <laughs> but <laughs> I also like, um, what's the team that Mickey's on? Dallas the Fuel. Dallas Fuel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I they like have Dallas so Fuel. many good players on them. And <laughs> they also Sometimes have, I just like I the players, know. and that should be enough, honestly. Oh, my fourth team yeah. is Mickey. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Go Mickey. Keep on smiling, buddy. Um, <laughs> what about <yeah>. you, Joe? <laughs> Uh, Mickey is a light in everyone's life, and um, he deserves the best. Anyway, my f- my favorite team is Gladiators. I also really like Outlaws and the f- Fusion. Um, although I gotta say, we watched uh, we didn't we were not able to watch it live. I'll be upfront. We failed our challenge technically, but we did um, all sit together and watch the VOD for um, the Philadelphia versus Fusion versus Spitfire match on Saturday. Um, wow, that was the a first match. match of week one, Saturday, and it was it was kind of disappointing because um, like I feel like there was kind of a fight on the first map, and then the fusion just kind of fell apart. They didn't. I don't know what they were doing. Like that yeah. was. I I saw some of the worst Overwatch out of Overwatch League so far. I haven't watched every game. I watched every game on the first two days, but. Um, it was just kind of, like, I don't know what they were doing. It took them, like, two and a half minutes to mount their first assault on point A of, of Horizon Lunar Colony. Yeah, that was a weird moment. I, that one really, I don't know. I was just amazed at how long it took them to, to reconvene. Because legit, it was a moment, a minute of just people standing around waiting for their team to come back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that that minute... It's a lot of time. Right. It is. And in the meantime, someone else would get picked. And then after that, though, they they still did some odd stuff. 
I don't I don't understand. Like it looked like they sent all their characters and grabbed them with their hands and threw them at the shield in the <laughs> upper right hand corner. Like I didn't understand what the what the goal was. Yeah, yeah. They they kept going up to the high right ground where the entire enemy team was, um, like defending up there. And they could have like gone low left, but they 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 wanted to like like dude. Did anyone see the end of episode three of Star Wars? Come on, they had the high ground. <laughs> what Star Wars? Oh, stop that! Stop that right yeah, now. Okay, I'm bringing cool. I, I will. I'll never bring up the prequels again. But <laughs> um, overall, yeah, it's been it's been great fun. The I I, I did enjoy watching it, although. Um, London finally, the first few days, London wasn't impressing me a lot, but in this, in, in the one we watched, they, they were actually pretty good. And I don't know. I just enjoyed watching them much more than Fusion, which I like Fusion too. I think they might've just, just been off their game that Mm -hmm. day. I don't know. Um, I don't think that we're going to get too in-depth on um, Overwatch League in the future. Um, probably mention what's going on or whatever, but um, that's not... I, I'm certainly going to keep watching it. It's very entertaining, and I would highly recommend anyone who who likes Overwatch to, to, to watch a couple games. Watch the watch the first um, the first day's game of the Gladiators versus the Dragons, was it? Or was it the I Mayhem? I don't remember. It was one remember. of the lower-rated teams, and the Gladiators did very, very well. Um, and I, I love them because their their star players are their supports players. Mm-hmm. There's Shaz on Zenyatta and Big Goose on like Mercy and Lucio, and they do make the plays. Like that's who the camera ends up tracking, and um, it's it's really it's really incredible that that is. <laughs> how they do things when they came out um when they came out like into the arena the camera was like in front of their lineup or whatever and shaz was in front and they had all of their teammates behind them like with their arms out and different things like almost like the opening of a everyone knows this reference that one season of the cosby show <laughs> but they had their arms oh. out so it looked like <laughs> transcendence for zenyatta wow that was, that was a weird that was a good pull, right? <laughs> it was it. a pull, is what it. that was. <laughs> um, no, they're they're a fun group, and that's why they're one of my favorite yeah. teams. They they have a lot of fun with it, and they have mm-hmm. a lot of character to them. I would like to see more. Well, not only you know females in the Owl League, the the Owl L. Um, <laughs> I would also you know I want to see more smiles because like seriously. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're making a living. I get that. But <laughs> you can. This, this is an awesome living, so smile a little bit, you guys. Just have a good time. Yeah, it seems like most of them are pretty, pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Um, the not to make massive generalizations, but the Korean teams have been like more even keeled than the the Western teams, and those would be. Uh, the Seoul Dynasty, the London Spitfire, and the New York Excelsior. Although the Excelsior, man, okay, so players to watch out for as Pine, and he's hilarious. He had like a little video, they have little videos for different players that they play as interstitial things, and um, uh, with his, they, they asked him the question, who's the best player in the league? And he paused for a moment, and he said, 
me. And when he said that, I'm like, fuck you. But then, <laughs> <laughs> then he did some of the craziest stuff on my career that I've ever seen. Like, it was so impressive. And everyone's talking about it, but I think it's important to keep in mind that the only reason he's able to get that stuff done is because he has tanks making space for him, he has supports keeping him alive, and, like, yep. it's it's the whole team working together mm-hmm. to allow him to make, you know, star plays. Um, so that's uh, our challenge. We failed utterly, but had a good time trying. I would say limited success. I watched it live. I had a bench ready for us. Uh, we were gonna uh, all watch it together, but time constraints led yeah, us to things, not watching it live. Things got it was away. a bummer, but we still got to watch it. It was fun. The I the think... league is going on for months, so I'm sure we'll get a chance to catch a game together um, down the line. But we did we did all we did all watch it, and um, yeah, it's at the same time. At yeah. the same time, it's maybe. it's always a good experience to watch it because I'm picking up on stuff I don't always there's always something happening and it's just fun to watch and i feel like i i sometimes i'm judging how the structure of the league is going more than the gameplay sometimes it's incredible isn't it like it like i'm not trying to bash them it's just things could be better i guess i mean i don't well okay i want i want to hear this and then i want to get into my final point about the league okay I mean, just I, I guess I'm still thinking about the preseason, but, you know, the, some weird stuff ha- happens in talking. But, like, I, there's still this big lack of women in the league. Well, that's fair. And, you know, Zoe is great. I love her. I, I, we need more. We need more. I feel like we need more people. I think, yeah. I think that's something that's not lost on the Overwatch team specifically. Right. Um... I, I yeah I I I have high hopes for for season two. Yeah, it's um, it's season one, and I think it's gonna improve. And everybody who's doing it, you know, loves what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they're doing fine. It's just it can be better. It's it's like that's all there is to it to me. I think it's incredible because I have had a lot of fun sitting in in our Discord channel and watching the live games with um, our teammates. And, you know, reacting to big plays and um, making fun of the casters, which they're all they're all fine, but you got to make fun of them, right? I think that's what oh, they're yeah. there for. You and have the, to make fun of them. The analogs between this and real, like, I don't want to even say real sports, but like uh, professional <laughs> sports like football and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm watching Overwatch League, I'm like, oh, is this what it feels like to be in the sports? Because now I feel like kind of a traitor. Like, I, I, underst- <laughs> I, I, I understand sports now. I'm yeah. serious. Um, I, it's, it's, it's like almost, it's almost one for one, the same kind of culture and the same kind of, although I would say that for the most part, this is a lot less bloodthirsty and like a lot more like... Yeah, yeah, we're all here because we love Overwatch, um, not necessarily because we are here for any kind of rivalry or or anything like that, or pride or. or not bets. yet. Wait a few years when like <laughs> yeah, Gladiators I'm, I'm becomes the most savage that, team. We'll see. And loses their support stars, and then who knows? Who the knows? world will turn upside down. So that was our challenge. It was good. We. One in some senses we lost in others, but mm-hmm. I think we all grew for it. Yeah, we all did yes. grew for it. Yes, we did. 
Because every so day your cells are regenerating. Can we stop being in this hell and move on to our next hell? And that would be the review section. Well, yes, we can. Hello and welcome to Review Hell. I'm your host, Abaddon. Review Satan. <laughs> Abaddon. <laughs> what was our game? Our game, our game this week was Xenoblade, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Two, Xenoblade, I believe. Xenoblade, X Dos, X E No Blade. We're just sorting again. Uh, the sequel to the first. Xenoblade. Yep. Um, it's for the different Nintendo this Switch. time. Now, Blades. I never real. played. I never played Xenoblade Chronicles Uno, but my understanding is that this is almost like a Tales series, like an analog to that, where it's like every game is a different continent and almost like a different world, but similar themes. Yeah. Um, so there are no. There's no through lines between. X yeah. B one oh that's Xbox One isn't it yeah Fucking, that's Xbox One oh X C one sorry and and the second one um yeah as far as I know there aren't any direct tie-ins but I I haven't beat the game yeah and I haven't beat the first one either but I'm very far and I don't know if I'll ever finish the first one because the second one is so much better I'm gonna cause a lot of heat um the second one is a lot more fun to me and I enjoy it a lot more. It's it's a Japanese RPG, um, where sure you play as as a boy. He's he's Scottish, Irish. I don't know. So in a yeah, world. that's something that I think is really endearing about this game is that pretty much all of the voices are um, like from the UK, and they, they, it's, yeah. it's 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 a mixed bag. Some some are Irish, some are heavy like scottish accents there's Welsh. it's like it's all over the place yeah and that's very xenoblade like the first game was extremely like that it was extremely campy with its dialogue and this one takes that and just goes goes even farther and like sometimes i hate it and sometimes i love it most of the time i love it but it's a game where you take control of a boy named rex and he in this world of all rest it's basically everybody lives on giant creatures known as titans, which b- are basically giant m- creatures that act as their countries. And they mm-hmm. all live in a sea of clouds because something happened. I'm not really sure what, but they're just all these giant creatures just kind of fly and swim around this cloud sea, and everybody's just kind of living. And the main plot. Uh, mostly, mostly focuses on Rex and his interactions with a blade called Pyra. You're already, already and losing the plot. I know, right? like, I, like, there's so much here! There's so much here! So, like, Rex is what's... a driver. Drivers are people that can fight with blades, and blades are people and animals, kind of like Pokemon but also sometimes they're people um, that help them in battle, but don't directly fight. And so Pyra is a Pyra is a person who is also a blade that Rex uses, and also 
she is a specific blade called the Aegis. So there's that's a lot. Um, yeah. and it's there that's just that's just how that's kind of how the whole game is. <laughs> the, and then you 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 learn about the world and learn about what's going on in right. the world and all Titans the Titans are dying out. Intrigue. And so living space is is getting sparser. Um, and Rex and Pyra's goals seem to be, at least seem to be so far, um, in the, in the same, uh, vein where they are trying to get to the top of the world tree, which is the only thing that sticks out above the, the cloud sea that is in a Titan. And at the very top of it is a place called Elysium, which if they get there, um, Rex believes that everyone could live there in peace and there wouldn't have to be any wars over, over land. Right. Mm. You know, World Tree is also the only thing that is canon in most animes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... so much. It is so much an anime. Like, playing this game is watching an anime. <laughs> Yeah, this is a lot more anime than the first one, and you know some people don't like it. I sorry his like... pants with that thigh meat. Mm. Don't. Oh yeah, his weird pants that expose his thigh <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> you know that's for... uh, that's actually fairly common, Joe. Like there are like I've seen, you guys have seen Monster Hunter, right? That's primarily yep. Japanese, correct? Yeah, they have some pretty revealing costumes. I that's true. I don't. Uh, anime style. <laughs> uh, it's great. Sometimes. Go anyway, on, uh, I, a, a lot of what shines about this game is the gameplay to me. The gameplay and a few other things. But in terms of gameplay, you have a party of, I don't know, Joe, how many are in your party? You can have up to three drivers, okay. and each of them can have up to three blades, presumably. I don't, I don't have that. They don't have the three blades out simultaneously. Um, they switch between their blades. Um, There's a lot. So up to six people or bodies are on the battlefield at any one time. Yeah. And combat works where it's active time, so things are happening in real time. And you're you're doing attacks, and you're building up meters that let you do special attacks, that let you build up further meters, that let you do even bigger attacks. That is literally the basis of how gameplay works. Yep. Or uh, combat works in in Xenoblade, um, and that's Time how to it kind of you down. And yep. so it's it's doing attacks to build up meters to do better attacks, is the best way I can phrase it. Yeah, um, it, that... and like it sounds boring, but it's really fun to me. And I know, like once it Joe's in the early stages of the game, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what I what I I meant to check before I started recording but i think i've spent probably about 10 to 12 hours and yeah i'd say i'm probably still in the early stages in the game okay um and he's you still have like a limited uh pool of party members and blades right so your combat's not as fun as mine presumably because um, okay go on I mean, go. What, what do you think about combat I, in the early parts of the game? I, I guess is my question. I I want you to tell me all of the reasons that this game is good, and then I'm gonna tell you all of the reasons this game is bad. <laughs> okay. Um, 
the combat's fun because once you get more blades and characters, you have a lot more options to do combos uh, that do devastating damage. And that's what's fun about it for me, is trying to figure out what the best uh, blades to use are and what combos to use to, to, to beat your big boss, your big enemy. Because enemies in this game aren't just like... Mostly aren't just, like, lay of the land, goblins, and stuff like that. They're big enemies sometimes. Like, you're beating up a giant buffalo some, ta- some days. And it's, it has a lot of health. And you're trying to, to drag it down. And that, you do that by using your combos and uh, finishing moves. Why is combat bad, Joe? <laughs> I don't want... I can't... So, I can't talk about just combat. Because there are... There are too many systems in this game. There are okay. too many systems, and there are. It, it's really, really bad at introducing them. It's awful. So, <laughs> oh my god, I was not having fun with this game. I would say, like real fun, until about four hours in. That was the first time that I was out of, um, like the story line that gets like all the all the early tutorials there's a tutorial that pops up throughout the game pretty constantly um and tells you about everything every new thing and sometimes it's like this is a quest marker follow it to do what the quest wants you to do and it's like i know what a fucking quest marker is thank you and then sometimes it's like you can use your blades in battle to do blade combos and that's it And it's like, what the hell? I don't know what that means. Please, please elucidate. And then if you skip any of it or or if you miss something or you misinterpret something, it's not like there's a log of all of this. There's no there's nowhere you can go back and look at the tutorials that have already come up on screen. It's just not in the menus anywhere. You can buy pieces of information if you want that have uh, like little hints on them, but they're not very descriptive either. And then you'd have to like go into your menu, into your information, and and look it up there. Um, Are you complaining that the game is challenging? Absolutely not. It's not <laughs> because it's it, it doesn't explain the things well. Like it, it's 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 fucking inscrutable. And I I, I don't I don't I, I have finally gotten to the part where I'm starting to do blade combos and stuff and understanding those systems, but I don't feel like it's because... It, it, so so Breath of the Wild never taught you anything. Not really. It didn't, it didn't teach you how to do... Um, like, how to, how to bring raw food out while you're in the volcano and let it cook. Um, you know, you have to figure that out on your own if you want to. You don't have to do that. But... Um, that's just it. You don't have to do that. You can figure that out and be like, oh, that's a cool little thing I can do, and then move on with your life. Xenoblade, it feels like in order to be successful, you have to have a deep understanding of all of these overlapping systems, which some of them are half-baked and not well thought out at all. And I, I, I have the perfect example for this. Um, when you kill enemies or, or open a treasure chest or anything, shit pops out whether it's like coins or little collectibles or whatever. And of course, of course, they don't just go into your inventory. They pop out onto the world and you have to physically walk over them to pick them up, which is great during battle when you move really slow. And I get that there's like a challenge to like moving around. What do you prioritize? Whatever. Um, That's 
that's an archaic thing. Like that shouldn't be in video games anymore. Don't don't make me pick up move over to pick up the things, especially when um, there are upgrades to how you you can unlock upgrades to how you interact with the field. You can upgrade your movement speed. I got an upgrade that gives me um, a little bit a slightly longer range on my pickup radius. And the way that you unlock the up those upgrades is by owning shops. There are tons of shops. And in order to own a shop, you have to buy all of the items in the shop and then go back into the shop and buy their deed. And the deed's only going to be available if you bought everything, which they might not even have everything available yet. Um, in order to get things more avail more things available, you have to progress the story and increase the dev level of the town, uh, the development level. And you do that by buying things and selling things. And the only reason I know any of this is because I did a side quest and he kind of told me all of that. And luckily it was one of the ones that I was paying attention to because if he hadn't, I would have had no idea how I got this buff. I don't even know where to check that I have this buff. Um, and what the hell? <laughs> like, why is, why is there a pickup radius? Why is it linked to me owning the shop? Oh, also, you don't get any, anything else for owning the shop. You don't even get lower prices or anything like that. You just get this little, this little buff. So, I mean, that's... that, that kind of sounds like the recipe that a lot of JRPGs do. And that might be, that might be a causality for, uh, you know, them dubbing it and, uh, just them having different standards. Um, in different cultures of, of what is simple and what is, you know, logical. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you've played Final Fantasy X, and mm -hmm. at the beginning of Final Fantasy X, that, I mean, you pretty much described it. At the, the first four hours were terribly boring. Mm -hmm. Like, very, not very, exp I can't tell you how long it took me to find the freaking Flint in that in that yeah. game like i mean they, they have this little map you're walking around i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to pick up you didn't mm -hmm. tell me that i can just pick up stuff you know and um at the same time you know the uh what is the uh the sphere grid that yeah. that's also very hard to understand and you really don't understand it until you get further in the game and you start mm -hmm. getting cool stuff from it and then you're mm -hmm. like oh that's awesome like i wonder and then it you know it makes more sense as the game progresses right. i think that might just be their 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 standard i think it just might be because these games are extremely popular you know yeah and i don't mm -hmm. you know and with with that being said uh you know it's it's not like it's just uh, it's not like nobody else thinks just it it's not like it just went over everybody's head and everybody thought it was the most simple non-boring thing in the world but i think that that might just be something that is common to uh, a game being transferred over to uh, a westernized like way, I guess. Sure. Um, I've I've That's tried a... playing. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, Fantasy Star Online Two, and mm -hmm. uh, you know that is still Japanese, so you can get a patch to turn some of the things English. And it was a very very fun game. The more I played it, the more I knew about it. But like legit it's, it's really hard to like pay i guess pay attention just because there's just so much that they explain that they maybe it takes longer for them to explain it in our language or i don't i don't know but i think that that might be like a a, a thing you know yeah 
I think that's part of it. Um, I, I definitely think that your grievances in the early parts of the game hold true, Joe. Um, in terms of the tutorials, I think it's much better than the first Xenoblade, where you there weren't tutorials, but there was a giant book that just had information for everything you could do. And, and you that sounds like go... Monster Hunter's uh, recipe, yeah. too. Like... And you had to go into the book and figure something out. And you know, I would want taught... that book to be there, though. Like, I... I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised they took it out. Oh, that's and, interesting. It's yeah, a, okay. there's not really a book of information. Instead, it's you get tutorials when you need them the which, first time, and then hopefully you understand it because yeah, you're not going to get taught it again. You will, you will, because the thing about combat in this game is that it builds up, and like I, th- I this is me, and I'm not trying to justify them. I think what they were trying to do is introduce combat at stages. And once you perfected one part of combat, the next part comes in. and Because that's how I figured it out. So there's some actual like skill involved in the combat. It, there's timing. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. There's, there's, so it's an... All of it feels weird going into combat and out of combat. Like uh-huh. it, it's it's really strange. The first time I died, I didn't know why I died. I didn't know that I died. I didn't know what <laughs> happened. Um, it it took me some getting used to to figure out what that even was. Um, and yeah, like there's you know figuring out time. There's still a bunch of UI elements that I don't know what they mean. Right. Um, yeah. And oh, the other fun thing about combat. And a lot of things is that there are six characters on screen plus plus the whatever monsters you're fighting, um, which can be, well, whatever. There's six characters on screen and they're all saying shit. And all of it's important. Yeah. Like all of it's like, oh, this is letting you know that this ability is ready or whatever. This ability, like because it's an anime, so I have to say, spinning kata every time I use that move and. That's happening at the same time that six, the five other people are talking, and it's yeah, God, it's a lot. It's it's not helpful. I love um, it. It's part of the Xenoblade formula, yeah. and I love it. It's so stupid. I it's so stupid. I I want to say that like I've been dunking on this game a lot. I'm hooked. I it's it's gotten its hook to me. I I fucking allowed it to to take me this far. So now. I want to know what happens. I disagree with Ray. I don't think that combat is the best part of the game. I think that the character, uh, I don't even, I don't even want to say storytelling because I want to know what happens next, but it's not, I, I really want to know how these characters develop and how their yeah. relationships um, develop. I, I think the story is not very good at all. There was a, there's a sequence where an early ally gets captured and then you hear rumors that she's going to be executed and so you have to go and rescue her, right? Like, and it's this. She's gonna be executed tomorrow. Of course, game time goes on and and passes without without any reference to that. But um, then you are told, no, wait. Before we go and rescue her, I have to build a robot. So we have to go get parts for it. Okay, sure. Uh, I guess that makes sense. And then you go and build the robot, and then they're like, wait, before we go, you should probably play this video game to unlock 
special parts for the robot. Um, what? <laughs> like, uh, my friend's gonna be executed tomorrow, build a robot, and then play a video game. I, I like, the, the pacing of it, the, the, introducing the systems is consistently more important to the game than telling a story. Um, mm-hmm. but the characters are all fairly good. Um, let with... me, um, let me clarify something when I said that combat, I said combat is one of the best things about the game. It's not my f- favorite part of the game. Uh, cause I agree with you. It's the characters that are the best part of this game. Okay. Continue. Go ahead. Uh, I just well, wanted to clarify that. The other thing that I want to say is really cool. Um, one of the early Titans that you end up on is this giant, like, plesiosaur almost, and it's really cool when you're walking around and you remember that you're on a Titan, because you're just in, like, a forest or on a field or whatever, and then you look up and you see its head, like, soaring into the heavens. And That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's really cool. It reminded me of the feeling that I got when I was... The first time I when I was playing Halo and I realized I was on the Halo and I like looked up and like the whole you know ring is going all the way around yeah. in the sky like that feeling that sense of place like oh that's that's what's going on. Wait so, wait 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 Halo is a place on okay. Halo. I'm legit what? Anyway, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I I have a very serious love hate relationship with this game and I'm going to continue playing it. Yeah. But I think it's because Christ. you're still in the early stages, because I felt a little similar. But It's not okay for me to be still in the early stages at over 10 hours of gameplay. Like, that's not that's not reasonable. That's that's JRPG. It's yeah. not. Well, it's that, that that doesn't make it fun. That doesn't make it, like, no, okay. No, but like, that's how JRPGs work. <laughs> that's fine. I, yeah. I think it's not a good way of designing video games. That's fine. That's fine. I, you know... Um, I, I agree, it's not, but that, I I think I've accepted. I've played a lot of JRPGs, so I think I've just gotten used yeah. to it. I've played a lot of JRPGs too, and I made a comment about them not being good. But honestly, they usually have a quality or two that are absolutely unbelievably great, and yeah. they Truly. like. And I'm willing to sacrifice for it. Right. Like that that's how good they usually are. Exactly. So like, I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, Joe's impression of the game changed because, I mean, that's what it does. Final Fantasy yeah. X, I cannot yeah. believe I actually beat Final Fantasy X because of the beginning. Like, honestly, yeah, I, that... I, I went back and did everything in Final Fantasy X because I loved it so much, yeah. but I hated the beginning of it. Yeah. Same thing with Kingdom Hearts 1. I had oh, no yeah. idea what I was doing. Oh my god, Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> Oh, I was man. so annoyed, the and now there's no way I'd play that. <laughs> no, I'm still invested in oh, three. Please come out within the next ten years. But that's not what this episode's about. Nope. Um, I really like the characters in this game. Um, compared to the first Blade, and I know I'm comparing it a lot to the first one, but that's my cornerstone of how I'm judging this game. Uh huh. Well, I mean, is... it was the first one that make it makes sense. Right. I love all the characters in the first game. But my biggest issue is that once their part in the story was done, they kind of went into the background. And they came back here and there in story sequences, but they didn't feel relevant. Um, But this game fixes that, and all the main characters, including the Blades, are always in the action. They're they're always doing something. Like, even if a character or two take 
prominence in a chapter, a part of the chapter. Everybody's still involved. I think and one little change that would that would alleviate a lot, not a lot, but <laughs> a good portion of uh, this my my grief with the game is that the blades are like there's like a gashapon system like yeah like and so many of them have so much character and you can only have up to three at a time i i think it would be and like some of them i want to have my party and i want to have interactions with them and whatever and it's weird how much work they put into stuff that's probably never going to be used like i have 10 like blades right now that i'm probably yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah yep. um i yeah go ahead oh my god uh, <laughs> uh, that reminded me of something i don't want to get into it um but i i would much prefer there being like uh some kind of grind or something to get specific characters specific right. blades and at you know at most you have maybe five or six that you swap between instead of just basically an unlimited supply right. of of mostly garbage right so i'm gonna say a few things joan I'm, I'm sorry if i spoil anything but it's mostly gameplay stuff um there's over 20 rare blades that you can get yeah i've um, got some... one of them oh yep who i got I'd florin like for nia i i don't know who that is she's great i'm 70 hours in and i still don't have all the rare blades i'm working on it anyway um some of them you can get through the gasha system some of them you can get through side quests and you know other two get through the story obviously but like it's the side quest ones are also worth it uh you just have to find them um i have a big problem with the gasha system too especially with getting and finding core crystals uh, that that's the grind for this game. It's not leveling up. The grind is finding crystals to to get more blades, and it takes up a lot of time. And sometimes I don't, I and you know it's an RNG system, so it's it's luck based too, mm -hmm. and I have I have issues with that as well. Yeah, but, but at least you can't buy any loot boxes, right? Right. But at least all the rare blades have a lot of personality and uniqueness to them. Yeah. And they also, like, have their own side quests and heart-to-hearts. So, like, even if they're not, like, important or relevant to the story, the rare blades are still, you know... Characters. They, they get their moment. Yeah. I would love for all of the blades to just be characters, is what I'm saying. Because, right. like, even the little ones that come out... Like, I have, like, nondescript soldiers or whatever, but everyone that I did pop out had a unique voice line and, like, a unique name, and, and I, I'm, right. I'm wondering where it ends. Like, are there are there duplicates? Are, do the duplicates have different stats? Like... Uh, it's random every time. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. I'd I say... The oh, people. It's kind of people. Hold on to the blades. Hold on to the blades. Yeah, I'm... Well, other, uh, my other option was to release them for nothing. So. Yeah, don't do that yet. <laughs> Terrence, you yes. have not touched this game, but you've seen stuff. What do you think? And you've played Japanese RPGs as well. What, what are you thinking about this game? Are you going to try mean, it? I, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think I'll try it after Joe beats it. I mean, he has a Switch <laughs> and he has a lot of story mode games. So, I mean, he's going to out of things to do on the switch but um like i i think i'll play it after then but when i was watching it 
it was it was literally exactly what I expected for a JRPG <laughs> to be doing at the beginning. I was telling them like, oh, this is the the commons area. It looks kind of uh, um, yeah, <laughs> this is the commons area. <laughs> Hopefully, you find new cooler common areas because you know that's. Are you talking about the first area out. you yeah. go to? Uh huh. And, um, it's become endearing to me, just like a, a JRPG does. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, this is kind of meh. And then yeah. you're like, I love this place. Speaking so of like, meh, meh, I hate that word. Meh, I hate meh, it. Meh. I hate meh. it so much. And this this game's animal race, I wasn't going to go into this, but this game's animal race, they're like the Moogles, but instead of saying, instead of saying Koopo Koopo, they say meh. Meh, meh, meh. Meh, meh, meh. And they speak in like broken English, but they don't have any inflection when they are like doing voice acting so it's a really weird it's really hard to read it's like <laughs> it's fine you can hate the on. i love the nopons it's it's uh. so hard to give this game enough attention to read everything i don't i can't you can't yeah, um, yeah that's and true the <laughs> nopons make it that much harder because it's like you, well, I have to I have to read these words and then I have to parse out what the hell you're actually saying. Um, <laughs> they're infuriating, <laughs> and I love. <laughs> uh, like, I I have met a couple that are great, but ugh, overall, not. It's maybe something that just didn't get translated super well, in my opinion. <laughs> but okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, no, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, basically, uh, yeah, like, like I was saying, the beginning is a JRPG, you know, I, I definitely expected it to be long and a little draggy, but I'm also expecting great things out of it. I mean, not only did they make a second one, which I mean, you know, sequels are so well known for being the best, but, um, <laughs> in, in video games, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, I'm expecting like some, some really deepness. I want to, I want to see some tears out of Joe. Like, I, I have high hopes for it. I mean, I'm honestly, Shulk made it to Super Smash Bros. And the only reason why characters make it to Super Smash Bros. is because they reach a level of popularity. I mean, for Christ's sake, uh, right. Wii, Wii Fit Trainer made it on there because it was the most played game in Japan for the Wii. Which I had no idea about because I always wondered. I was like, why would they put this character on here <laughs> when Banjo and Kazooie are nowhere to be seen? But, um... <laughs> I mean, like, so, I mean, with with that being said, I'm expecting amazing things out of it. I mean, I always wondered how the Xeno game, games played because, you know, I, at first I thought it was Final Fantasy, to be completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. One question, though, you know, they had, uh, I'm totally basing this on my information about Shulk, but, uh, you know, his little, like, his is his power uh, relevant in this game or was that just a Shulk thing? Where he would uh, that, switch to phases of uh, his sword's power, and it would that, alter his abilities. You know, I, that, think... I feel like that jumps into spoiler territory, okay. and also That's maybe fine. no, maybe yes. Okay. Uh, I, my feeling is that it seems like they that has been replaced by switching between blades, but I, I probably maybe you know I'm I'm only a measly twelve hours into the game, so. Like, I keep playing, and there keeps, like, being small ties to the first game, and I don't know what's going on in terms of that. So, I can't give you a clear-cut answer right now. But the Shulk... All I want the, is the Shulk system is not in this game, as okay. far as I can tell so far. 
right. So that that is specific to him. But Ray, how much time have you put into the game? 70 hours, and I'm still getting tutorials. 70 hours, so there's still plenty of time for the game to completely change. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm on Chapter 8, and I'm doing side quests, and I'm going to have over 100 hours in this game. Easily. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm uh, glad I'm unemployed. Hours. I'm not. I'm glad I am. But Terrence, somehow... you have the most uh, untouched opinion of this game do you think that this is worth your overwatch time do you know play Chronicles? uh i gosh i hope so <laughs> 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 i i genuinely hope so as of now i do not believe so i hope so okay joe uh, or do no. you want my answer no first? it's not <laughs> no like God, if I didn't have any worries in the world whatsoever, if I was a teenager and I had time to put into shit like this, I mean, that's why I played Final Fantasy, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but, God, no. It's it's fun-ish, and the, I want to see the character development because I've lo- allowed the game to get its hooks in me, but don't. Don't do that. <laughs> and, Ray, what do you believe? Yes, go play this. Go cry. <laughs> go cry. Get past the 15 hour mark. The and go cry. No, it's not. You you won't form those bonds with those characters. <laughs> yeah, Joe. don't do that because I did that for King, one Kingdom Hearts game and I will never make that mistake again. You got to build up those bonds with your characters or else the cutscenes won't be effective and I'm no. going to be crying again. Don't. I hear you. I, I... Uh, I think it's worth your Overwatch time if you like JRPGs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which one of us clearly doesn't. How about how about this? Instead of it taking over your Overwatch time, we'll just play Xenoblade Chronicles the time that we would normally sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. That's legit what I've been Sounds doing. Sounds good. All right, well, we need to wrap it up. Um, I think our challenge for next week is... What did we say, guys? Three we games, no deaths. Right, we want to go deathless next week. Um... Uh, we want to play three, at least three quick play games, see if we can get them in a row even, of uh, just going deathless. Maybe on different characters too. Um, and then our uh, game that we're going to be reviewing next week is The Witness, uh, released January January of 2016. So that that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Thank you for joining us uh, here in Overwitch for episode 15, where I rag on this beautiful game that is very well made, but also just genuinely difficult to spend time on. Um, Send us uh, tweets to Overwitchcast or emails to overwitchpodcast at gmail.com with suggestions or questions or whatever. Whatever you want to hear from the show, just say hi to us, please. Um, Until next time, I have been your best friend, Joe, and I will remain to do so. I'm Terrence. We'll see. And I'm and I'm Ray. <laughs> and remember, you're better than us. is just a D without its
backbone.